This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. Take too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near bouncer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough's Bridge is the greatest club in the world. Hello everyone and welcome to the Thanks for Coming Cricket Podcast from your very own Plowman's Cricket Club. Uh, I'm back, it's me, Matt Bolshaw. Last time I was on holiday, I was replaced by the wonderful DeRay. Uh, but this time I'm back and I'm here with my partner from the greatest fast bowling partnership in the world, Liam Gray. Liam, how are you? I'm brilliant, thanks. Thanks, Bush. Glad to be here, glad to be back. Had a, had a great time with DeRay last time. Um, obviously that's probably quite exciting for the listeners rather than just listening to us two all the time and with that in mind we've got a treat for you today yeah we have got a very special treat for you today but it isn't DeRay DeRay actually called me eloquent on the last podcast so you're going to get more eloquency um, but today we actually have a very special guest with us uh, welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast Grant how are you doing mate? I'm very well guys thanks for having me I like how you uh, still describe yourself as a opening fast bowling pair so uh that's quite interesting as you both had a stumping this season which is more than most fast spinners it is also quite interesting considering we haven't actually played together for about a month now uh <laughs> so yeah we're, we're taking the the word partnership as far as it will possibly go what have we got coming up today we've obviously got grant here to help us talk through some of the games he's been playing in between the three of us, we've got a good spread across all eight games. We're actually finding it quite hard to keep up at the moment. There is so much cricket going on. Leon's working in overdrive. The selection committee's working in overdrive to get everyone a game at the moment. Um, we've got six wins to talk about, two losses, and that's what we're going to do. Excellent stuff. First up was our trip to Sutton Challengers. Liam Gray, you took charge of this one. You took a team of Mighty Plowman all the way down there. How did you get on? We got on remarkably well. Was quite keen to win this one because we've had some really good games against them over the years. They've beat us a couple of times as well. We beat them a couple of times. So we went down there with a really strong side. And second week in a row, captain in it. Could get used to that. Guaranteed selection. I won the toss. That's also a sign of a great captain. Uh, chose to bat. And really, the, the, the batsman did the rest. In particular, Matt Hickson. Yeah, so Hicko, Hicko launched himself another ton, 123 off pretty much 100-something balls, and by all accounts just looks really, really good. His, uh, his name's popped up once or twice on this podcast, hasn't it, this season? Hickson, like he's, he chipped him a few runs? Yeah, a couple of times on the podcast, a couple of times in match reports, yeah. once or twice in Facebook videos. He's very vocal as well, isn't he? He's quite a loud chap. I've heard as well in, in the field and in the bar you know you can't shut him up can you you're you're getting him confused with Alex Hickson uh, Alex uh, Hickson's uh, Alex yeah. Hickson's the loud one that doesn't score runs Matt yeah, Hickson's the quiet yeah. one that does score runs yeah yeah oh the Kiwi and the Aussie yeah, yeah sorry sorry Alex anyway so Hickson confusion over 219 for four with Matt Hickson scoring most of them and then we bowled him out for 97 yeah it always looked like we had uh, enough runs there based on the pitch, um, the way Brito and, and Hickson had to dig in at the beginning. And yeah, when we went out to bowl, it kind of put that context, uh, that innings in, in context. And f from the outset, it was clear that we, we had way too many, yeah. Any, any highlights with the ball? Who did well? 
I think me and Joe picked up two each at the beginning, and then Max was devastating with the ball. Uh, four for six, I believe he finished with. Uh, brilliant um, Saturday start, uh, league, league opposition start for Ron with the ball as well, who looked dangerous, really promising display there. Nice, good. So another league win for the plough. Plough on. Plough on. Next game up was Hobgoblins at home. Another Saturday game with showing our sort of cracking availability. Almost a Saturday two side, although looking at it, the quality of that side was absolutely incredible. So you really wouldn't want to call it that. Matt Ridgway, back in the fold this year. He was in as skipper, playing alongside his brother, who I've not actually seen Nick this year. Seems to be a bit of a ghost, but he did actually play this time round. Silver was the key man, it looks like. He took four for 18 with the ball with sort of the rest of the wickets being shared around. We bowled him out for 77. So, great start with the ball. Ovens, 52 not out with the bat. Chasing him down off 39 balls. Sort of man of the show. Grant, I know you weren't playing, but a real good mixture of new and old players there. Yeah, I heard Ovens was doing his customary cover drives, which the crowd really enjoyed. I know Barat got a not out. I was there for his first game, and he's a top bloke and a very talented Another Aussie, unfortunately, but he's very good and a lovely bloke. I know Matt Ridgeway was trying to give him some coaching lessons in the outfield and how the long barrier works, even though I think he's dropped three or four catches this year already. Two off one of the hosts of this podcast, I believe, actually. <laughs> two off, yeah, two off mine in, the, in, the, in his first game back, I think. So he, he can do the long barrier, but he can't catch. So uh, remember that, Matt Ridgeway. <laughs> so fielding lessons aside and whether who actually needs them, another win for the plough. Double double Saturday win, and we crack on from there. So moving on to our first Sunday game, we took on Southbank at DSG, obviously because we both play at DSG. Where else will we play? But Liam, big question is, when are we going to beat Southbank? What is going on? Yeah, well, it, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't this time round. And as we've done once before, I think we made the point of letting it be known before the game that we, we try and put a stronger side out this time. So they were ready for us, they were ready for the game. And our three-pronged attack of Duray, Silva and Carson, I think had a bit more bite in the, uh, in the bar in the week leading up to it than what they did on the field when it came down to business. Yeah, I had the, uh, the verbals in the bar the night before carried a lot more uh, threat than their uh, deliveries on the field the following day, shall we say. Yeah, so unfortunately we, we had a bit of a loss there against South Bank. Logan, probably the only standout from the day, he hit 84, but definitely one we need to work on. We need to work on our chat. But it does sound like, from what I've heard, Southbank have sort of set the stall out for the game at the end of the season. They've, they've fought back with some words of their own. Yeah, exactly. And um, some of them have kind of echoed the feelings of uh, our very own Grant on the day, who made it very clear that the, the first 11 were playing on the other pitch. Um, so what, one of the things that I was told at the end of the game by Southbank was uh, why didn't we get some of our stronger players from, from the other game to come and play against them, make more of a game of it. I was also told that they've lost every toss this year and their batsmen are not getting a game. And going into the final game of the season, can we just agree up front that they'll get to bat first uh, so at least their batsmen get a hit? Ray, that is a direct warning to you. They're out to beat you. They want you. So please don't mess it up. Please don't bang on about in the bar beforehand and just go and destroy them on the Sunday. It's the, uh, it's the last game of the season. 
I hear. So uh, it could get fairly tasty with a few people having a few beers on the sidelines, I imagine, to uh, toast the end of the season. Absolutely. And South Bank were brilliant um, in the lead up to that. They were brilliant on the day they outplayed us with a bat. They fielded better than us and they bowled better than us. And I think, as we said before on the pod, it's, it's always nice to have a bit of friendly rivalry when two teams are sharing the same ground. But I just want to make it very clear that, um, as we said before, South Bank are our rivals and friends. Well said, Liam. Well said. All right, moving on to the uh, first 11 game that was happening uh, on the other pitch at the same time. So, Grant, you were first 11 skipper on the day. My understanding is you won the toss. Is that right? I did win the toss. We uh, had a chat with the oppo. They had a lot of new players like we did. So we kind of, you know, a bit of creative captaincy. They weren't sure how strong their side was. We had a very good team, you know, and arguably the stronger 11 on the day, as we've discussed already. Um, and we decided to bat first. How did you go? Good. We uh, we had a good start by the uh, the dream pairing of Iskander and Tom Lane. They're uh, spurring each other on week after week. Uh, Tom was unlucky to go to a bit of a poor shot, bit of a shit ball. Iskander carried on his great form. and got another half century. I managed to chip him with a few rather than getting out for a start like I've done for most of the season. And uh, a new chap came in and got some down the order, Andy Cale. Grant, can, can we be a bit more honest with yourself there? You ended up with 60-odd not out. I'd, I'd like to call that more than chipping in with a few. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of teens and 20s this year, so it's the first time I've actually managed to kind of get past that thing, you know, get a half century, so it's nice. And I was, I was supported by Trent and Andy and Iskander early on. Iskander's in brilliant form, as you mentioned. I think that's his third 50 of the season. Yeah, he's a bit of a mini Brito, isn't he? Like he's a nuggety little player, hits it in good areas, got a good technique, um, and he knows his game well. Not the first time we've heard that comparison. One question about Andy's innings. Logan was dropped, I think, 119 times on the way to 85 on the one pitch. And I heard that uh, Andy was dropped a few times on the way to 40 yeah. as well. Do you think it could run in the family? Possibly, yeah. That's, that's an interesting uh, synopsis of the situation. He was, he was dropped on the boundary when he was on about two. It was a tough chance. And then about two balls later, exactly the same chance. And the guy definitely didn't fancy it. And then from that point, he kind of murdered them. But for anything short, he was just on it. And he uh, a bit of a Ross Taylor batsman style. You know, he know, hits over mid-wicket very, very hard. And, he, you know, anything short of a length, it, it was dispatched. He's, uh, he's got a lot of ability like his cousin, that's for sure. One to look out for as well. Yeah, I hope so. Um, dropped. Is it genetic? <laughs> <laughs> I've got in the notes here, I've got in uh, Matt Bolshaw's notes here, question, was it boring? It was quite boring. I think they realised that, I think we got 220 odd, that, 230, 40, that they didn't have the, the skill set in their batsmen to chase it. So they wanted to play for a losing draw. So we plugged away. Um, Ollie bowled exceptionally well, could easily have had a five. Uh, we had a bit of a chat before. He wanted to have a good spell and he absolutely did. Nabanjan was, he guy can bowl. He's a very good bowler. And Naraj carried on his great form, his bowling exception well this year, and everyone chipped him with a wicket, I think. Everyone who bowled got a wicket, and uh, they batted the overs, and uh, we were comfortable winners. But yeah, the last eight or nine overs uh, were a bit of a drag. Love that from Merton, some proper old school cricket there, trying to bat that one out for the draw. Yeah. Um, Ollie Lonsdale has been frightening in nets this season. Did he look frightening out in the middle? You know what? He got, he got a few to lift through. He did intimidate a few of their batsmen, that's for sure. He's. he's 
coming on leaps and bounds. He's a he's a he's a very good bowler now. I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy facing him, you know, week in week out. Sounds like a fantastic win. Very proud of the guys. So Saturday, Premier League friendly uh, opposition. We're playing against Surrey Warriors, who we've played against in the past. Ovens is captain. Where is Ron? <laughs> yeah, so none of none of us played in this game, but I, I did a bit of sort of journalistic research, if you will, and I asked around a few of the blokes playing in the game on Sunday. You know, how did Ovens go? What was what was it like? Anything to talk about on the podcast? And that's that's all that Lonan said to me. He said, Ovens admin, where is Ronnie? Uh, basically, I think um, Ovens sort of did a bit of late admin, maybe on the Friday night, just sort of, oh, I, I will check that everyone in my team knows they're playing. And uh, yeah, Ron hadn't quite picked up the message. Um, so Captain Tisato, the Tisato regime has now got a new element to it in which he actually plays cricket, stepped in at the last minute. So, so yeah, that's, that's where Ron is. Ron's not playing because he wasn't aware. But do not fear, Captain Fantastic is now playing cricket. Big Tiss back at the helm of the uh, Tisato regime. Love to see that. How did he go? Yeah, well, the, the boys bowled first and we, we rolled Surrey Warriors for, uh, for 92. I think Tiz brought in the Tisato regime with a catch in the slips. Uh, Silver took four. Lonan got three and DeRay got two. So, yeah, the boys bowled really well. Um, but then it all got, all got a bit dicey. We got them seven down and, and Tiz got naught. You don't like to see that, do you? No one likes to see that. Interesting game. Seven down, chasing 92. That doesn't sound like us. Not, not, not really sure what happened there. Uh, we've seen 600 runs scored in a day on that pitch sort of earlier on this season. Sounds just like, you know, Batsman made a bit of a meal of it and then wanted to talk about something in the bar afterwards so made it sound like it was difficult. I'm guessing uh, Hicks and only getting 30 might, you know, have some indication on the wicket. Or maybe he's just getting a bit bored of scoring so many runs. I don't know. Bored of tons. Bored of tons. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, throwback to Alex Hales. <laughs> bored of tons now. Let's hope he doesn't follow Alex Hales <laughs> down that route. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> it can be the quiet ones. Tosato might have to go Owen Morgan on him and talk about club culture and. Uh, Ban him from the club, who knows? One right. for the Tisato regime to ponder anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll, follow, we'll follow that one on the, on the podcast and we'll let you know how that plays out. Um, anything else to cover off in this one? No, nothing else. Just uh, another good win for the boys in a tight situation. Good to get over the line. So well done to them. Bit of a gauntlet thrown down for next week. Uh, yeah, I think the oppo got a bit loud in the bar. We're playing them again next weekend, uh, but away from home this time. One bloke saying he bowls at 140Ks an hour um, and that he's going to blow everyone's head off. So uh, we'll see. One bloke who doesn't bowl 140K is uh, Ashish, but he got one for six off eight overs in this game, which is uh, pretty pretty economical, you would say, wouldn't you? Pretty tidy. He doesn't go for many, does he? He doesn't go for many at all. But good win, good win, tight win. Player rolls on. So next up we had Putney CC and what was... Big Tom Lonin's 400th game for PCC. I actually played in that game early. We lost in a very tight game by five runs. I think Tom skipped this game on his quad centenarial game. How did he get on, guys? I think you played in a bullshit didn't you? Yeah, so this was, uh, this was hashtag Lonin 400. Tom was skipper. Uh, and I think he had a pretty good day out. 
I imagine he probably opened the batting and bowling, didn't he? Been waiting for an opportunity to do that. So Lonan picked up on Stu doing this earlier in the year when he was captain. And I think he was trying to look for a way of doing it, but, but one-upping him somehow. And Lonan decided he was going to open the batting and open the bowling, but only bowl one over. It was very ceremonial. I think it's the first time in 400 games Tom Lonnan's actually done something alpha. So, uh, <laughs> fair, fair play to the guy, you know. <laughs> just jesting, mate. Just jesting. One, th- one thing to, to pick up, Tom did open the batting with himself, but he did end up hitting 85 and in doing so brought up his 5,000th run for the club. So, at least he didn't get out for naught doing it. He's in incredible form this season, isn't he, with the bat in particular? Yeah, definitely. We made the Stokes comparison earlier on in the uh, in the year, and I think it's um, it's definitely one that's sticking because he just keeps sort of winning games and, and doing really well. So all credit to him, and he's not just done it this year; he's done it for years and years now. So I think out of every plan in the club, he knows his game better than anyone else. Like he reads the situation incredibly well. Whether it's the battle ball, he's uh, he's carried. He's played a few Sunday games for me this year and he's, he's carried us over the line a couple of times just with his nows. He's, he, he's banging form, as Liam said. And he, he's got to be one of the best players to ever play for the club. Um, I wonder what Ridgeway would say about that. Um, I know those two are a bit like Andy Caddick and Dar- Darren Goff with their competitiveness. Um, but unquestionably, yeah, he'll be in the plan as time 11, that's for sure. That's enough about Tom, because uh, actually he did get massively overshadowed. Uh, he did open the bat, he did score some runs. Um, but when he brought up his 100 opening partnership, he was only on 30 because uh, Max Gumpert was absolutely battering it up to all parts. Ended up with 130 off 77 and he literally only got out because he was trying to hit every ball for six. Um, and at, at this point, it was quite clear that we had a bit of a mismatch on our hands. We ended up with 348 off our 40 overs. Uh, Captain Fantastic Tisato was playing again, double header. He actually scored runs this time. He ended up with 85, not out. And uh, it was pretty brutal watching those guys smash it around. Has, has the uh, Oppo skipper not heard of uh, boundary riders, you know, you know, in and outfield? Or was he just being overly aggressive with, you know, four or five slips the whole time? Uh, there, there wasn't quite four or five slips, but I think he was still definitely trying to get the catch in the ring. I think Max on one point was on 100, not out of not many, and there was still only one man on the boundary. It didn't make complete sense, but, you know, one of those things. Max looks like a bit of a player, doesn't he? Yeah, someone said he could play a bit, and he looks all right, to be fair to him. Uh, he, can, uh, he can hit it along the floor, he can hit it in the air, he can hit it as far as he wants, he can chip it into a gap. He can, he can pretty much put the ball wherever he wants it to go. He's, he's all right. I think uh, the recruitment team... Need a bit of a kudos this year as well. An influx of several very, very good players. There's a strong pool of uh, Saturday players now, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you reckon he hits it harder than Freddie Mills? Easily. Freddie's just a glorified blocker. Any standout performances with the ball? I'm really glad you asked that question. Yeah, bloke opening the bowling took four wickets, only went for four runs. He's a good player. Uh, Matt Bolshaw, I think his name is. He did all right. Uh, and yeah, Lon- <laughs> sorry, I had to. You know, I finally did something good. I had to talk about it. Lonnon bowled well for his one one over and a bit. He got a wicket. Uh, Dave Graydon, who uh, used to play for 
Abdulaziz with Tiz. He uh, he made uh, he played for us and he bowled really well actually. Just a good win, bit of a mismatch unfortunately, but um, nice to get a win for London in his in his big game. So our other game on the Sunday, uh, Grant, you took charge of this one against Magdalen away from home. It's about your third or fourth game this year that you've uh, taken charge of on a Sunday. How how are you finding that so far? Uh, it's been really enjoyable. I mean, you know, being uh, Simon's protege, uh, you know, sun, second Sunday skipper has been pretty good. Really enjoyed it. I mean, I've been lucky to have a strong team each week. Lovely bunch of guys. Good oppo. It's been really enjoyable. How did you get this uh, privilege, this honour? Is this something that was, is that a monetary is it something that was paid in some kind of different way, in some kind of shower time activity? I think um, Simon basically looked at who the second most handsome man in the club was and thought he needs to be the other captain. So it was kind of by default. That was kind of how I got it, to be fair. Is Simon actually aware that you missed the toss on, the, on Sunday? Um, I'm not sure if he is, but the third best looking bloke in the club, Paddy, was there. And uh, he did the toss in my absence. I was stuck in traffic. I was running a little bit late. But um, unfortunately, he lost. And um, that was a little bit of a precursor to our performance on the day, unfortunately. We, uh, we were put into bat on a, on a bit of a pudding of a wicket. Andrew and Tom opened up well again, put on 37, I think, in the first seven overs or so. And then just kind of a series of poor shots from you know, the top order, myself included. All of us got in, all of us got out, the teams were 20s. Hector batted really well for 40 odds and was really unlucky to get bowled um, off the neck or the chest, I think. But he, he, he batted really well. It was a bit of a cut above the rest of us when it came to knuckling down. And then on the turnaround, we, we bowled really well, showed a lot of uh, commitment. There was one tough chance on their gun bat that kind of fell in between me and Hector, which I think if we got when he was about 10 or 15, we would have probably possibly pushed on a one, but he got 82, which was double higher than anyone else in the game. But Silver Bowl well got two, and um, it was it was a tough game. But you know we we, we dug in t- we dug in well. We were, we were just a bit short on the day. And on on that drop catch, um, who do you think it fell closer to? You or Hector? Hector. He's younger, fitter, more you know, made more agile than I am. I just don't think he wanted it enough. And not as good looking. Um, so you think it was more of a commitment issue than a ground speed issue? Definitely more of a commitment issue. Yeah, which is bit disappointing Hector because you know he's a 110% kind of guy but he actually bowled really well on the day as well after one run up because had a bit of a side strain he bowled six overs in a row I think and um, he got their gun batsman out um, when he was on 80 odds he was probably along with Silva bowl of the day Archie played again he guy can bowl he's going to get a lot of wickets to the club if he sticks around he looks like a great addition he's a good guy we drove down together he's got a good chat in the car it was a good day and we had a few beers afterwards all stuck around we met Siri's missus for the first time, gave him a bit of shit after she told him he got he played a poor shot on 20-odd. Um, two balls before drinks after I told him to get through to drinks. So that's nice that his missus chimed in a bit on that as well. It was, a, it was a good day. You know, we lost, but I think we all enjoyed it. The best bit about that is, is that he could have gone home, said, yeah, I was looking really good for 20-odd, then got ball of the day. But, you know, we've nipped that in the bud completely and made sure that Everyone in this scenario knows what's going on. Old by a full toss, two, two balls before drinks. While we're, uh, you know, seven chasing, you know, ha- you know, had a good platform there. Uh, no, 90 off the two, I think we were. So basically, I blame Paddy and Suri for losing the game. 
and Hector for that. So blame uh, yeah, those three. Yeah, and that's a sign of good captaincy as well. Is always find some other people to blame it on when it doesn't go your way. So you you've done a good job there. Great chat from Surrey's misses by the sounds of things. I think it's called the uh, Kevin Peterson art of captaincy. Blame someone else. And uh, the epic bank holiday weekend uh, triple header bonanza finished with the game away at Uxbridge. It's a little bit of a trek, but it's a lovely ground, I think. A couple of guys playing all three games, I heard. Yes, I believe um, Chris Silverpool, big Michael Jackson fan, is, uh, was one of the triple headers. And Max Gumpert was the other triple header. First ever triple headers for power, I believe. His name's popped up already uh, in this pod, isn't it? Over the weekend. How did he finish off? Yeah, so I didn't play in this game, but <clears throat> from what I understand, he did quite well. Opening the batting with his brother. We love to see that kind of thing at Plowman's. So cute. Um, I was trying to make sure that kind of thing happens. Looks like they got a decent start. He's gone big, I think. Max really fancied it. A second day in a row. And I reckon he's finished with 150 not out and retired himself. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, obviously looking at the batting trophy there, looking for a bit of red ink. Not really in the spirit of the plough or the, or the game. But for a guy who is not as quick as Iskander in the outfield, he doesn't really field well behind the bat. He doesn't field well in close. He doesn't play very well off his legs with the bat, apparently. So for someone who's quite a limited cricketer, it's great to see him making as good a use as possible as, uh, with, with what he's got. My uh, favourite thing about what you just said there is, is that, I mean, it'll be more condensed in podcast time, but in real life, we managed to be nice to Max and sort of complimentary about him for about 25 minutes. And then we decided, no, that's enough. Now we're going to absolutely rinse him. Yeah, I mean, he's having his day in the sun. Um, earlier in the season when he was playing for Morden I was on a hat-trick bowling to him and he smashed it for four so I've never really forgiven him from that moment so I can tell he's a, a limited player and he should enjoy these moments while he can love you really Michael alright so we've got we've batted first and we've put on 260 and 40 overs I think that's going to be a big score whoever you're playing against wherever you're playing and then it looks like the bowlers have done their job as well and, and they've came on and, and made pretty light work of it, I, I think. Archie bowling well, Mark bowling well. Yeah, looks like looks like both openers both picked up two wickets in their in their eight openers. And uh, shout out to Niraj, who I think is bowling really, really well this year. He he ended up with three more wickets, got um got some of the big guns in the middle as well. So well done to him. I've skipped Niraj quite a lot this season and uh, it's been a joy. He's bowling exceptionally well. He's gone on a piece of string and um Speaking of Max, I think Naraj is uh, he's a bit of Naraj's bunny, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how those two play on the same team this season, hopefully, before the season's out. Yeah, shout out to uh, Chris Silverpool as well. In his last season with the Plough, he's played three games, obviously probably tired on day three. He's put in a, a big performance there. Bolton Overs as well. And, and after the weekend, he's top of the wicket-taking chart. So congratulations, looking good from him. Yeah, just on that, like I was looking at the uh, the 2020 stats and Brito and Logan are both in their averaging 40s, which, you know, over the nine or 10 years I've been in the club, they'll be smashing the, the batting trophy this year. But it's ridiculous the standard this year. We've got Max, who mentioned, has got averaging 100 plus or something. We've got... I think that might have been the first ever 200s in a single weekend in Plowman's history. 
is an incredible, incredible achievement. Uh, you know, Matt, the machine, Matt Hickson, you know, getting runs every week. Paulie Hines getting 100 this year. Lonning getting not outs, not after not outs. So all, all these guys averaging 60, 70, 80, 90. It's, it's ridiculous, the standard. Hey, just, just to round off, going back to this game, I, I think I just want to shout out Silver. Some really, really good captaincy and leadership taking all his men for a, for a post-game curry afterwards. I really, really like that. That's, that was really strong from the Monday side. Did they play credit card roulette and who paid for the bill? <laughs> Unconfirmed as to how it was paid for. But uh, yeah, shout out to the boys for doing that. Lovely way to finish the weekend. Four games, three days, couple of firsts ever. What a weekend. Plough on. Right, so who said it? That portion of the show where we say something that's taken completely out of context. We don't tell you who said it, but we found it funny and... You can always guess who said it if you want to. So, first up. Harry, we're having banter. If you're giving it out, you have to expect it back. I like that one. Right, next one. What's even more surprising is that the number four discouraged him from retiring. Okay, and finally, who said it? Ah, ha, 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 ha. I didn't know we were going to batter you palms again. In the club day. Of course, I'm yes, yes. So we're having a great time doing the podcast. Uh, seems like quite a few people out there are listening. So whether you're enjoying it or not, I don't really know. If you are enjoying it, uh, give us a, a, write us a little review. Give us a rating of five stars. If you're not enjoying it, don't rate us. Don't leave us a review. Yeah. I mean, it's getting towards the end of cricket season. It's when we all get a little bit fragile about what we're actually going to do with our weekends. And the last thing we need hanging over us is a load of one-star reviews. So just, just don't bother, really. Honestly, we don't, we don't need it. We're not about that. And, and we're, we're, chances of us are improving are, are pretty slim as well. Yeah. If anything that we should include in the show, anything we've missed out or anything you want included in future episodes... Uh, you can contact us by email, hello at plowmancc.com. Yeah, we, uh, we're basically running out of things to make jokes about, so we need your help. Anything that you can send us that we could read out, that would be amazing. Uh, we're also reachable in various yeah. different ways. Yeah, so through that email address that we, we just gave out, hello at plowmancc.com, or you can, you can also reach us on Matt Bolshaw or my personal tiktok snapchat or only fans pages next few weeks another set of four games coming up next weekend surrey warriors away return leg of the uh, the previous friendly that we've just won uh and then a couple of other friendlies one more on saturday two on the sunday i think the final premier league friendly game beck old boys away and another trip to morden so you know good few games coming up Good chance, get down to DSG, support the lads, win the toss, bowl, get it nibbling around on a green seamer. September, we don't always play this late. Pitches will be green, get it up there early, get it nibbling around a bit. Yeah, remember the games start earlier as well. It gets dark, you know, all these things to remember. Bit of admin there just to cover off at the end of the podcast. Captains can thank me later for doing that. You're welcome. Grant, I know you're a busy man. Thanks ever so much for your time. Thanks ever so much for your insight. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Loved it, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, Until next time, guys, plough on. And to everyone else out there, thanks for coming. Coming. 
This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Steel Club and CC, plough on, guys. It's taking too much. Yeah, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough on cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!